back, everyone, to the AMCAT podcast. I'm your host, Travis Jeer, and we are now entering our third episode here in the AMCAT Center on the campus of Anna Maria College. Um, today, we'll be joined by an Anna Maria alumni of the football team and men's basketball team. Um, he is currently now the strength and conditioning coordinator for our varsity sports. I'd like to welcome Bailey Braga to the podcast. How are you doing, Bailey? Good. Thanks for having me in studio. Glad to be here. Awesome. Um, I want to touch uh, base first on kind of how you got into your career here. Um, first, by looking at kind of how you were able to build um, your own degree, um, because Anna Maria doesn't currently offer exercise science. So it's kind of an interesting story how you actually got to this point. Right. So when I was a freshman coming in and I was learning about what we had to offer, had a specific mindset going in that I wanted to do strength and conditioning, and um, I figured that health science could take me along those routes. So they said there's many classes that we offer, you know, nutrition, exercise science. I mean, well, it was exercise physiology, I think, at the time. Things that I could take uh, to get me on my way. So as I started going along, I started taking chemistry and microbiology and looking at amoebas underneath a uh, microscope. And I figured, like, okay, this is not what I want to do. So after my sophomore year, I was really intending on going somewhere else just because we just didn't have the curriculum that I needed. Uh, before I did that, um, a couple of advisors came to me, Dr. Canary and uh, Mike Morgan said, hey, I think we can use, utilize the consortium basically um, and you can take some classes off campus and we can end up making a self-designed exercise science major. So I said, oh, okay, let's, let's look at that. So they came to me with a full curriculum. Uh, it really helped out. Uh, I was able to go off campus to Becker, WPI, Clark um, and take some classes that I was able to graduate with the curriculum I needed to get an exercise science degree. So it helped out a lot. Along the way, too, also internships uh, and experience, things like that. Um, that was all set up for me, too, as well, which was great. Yeah, you actually um, took a bunch of classes at my alma mater, Becker, yeah, yeah. and you had a couple of my professors that yes. I had because I, I also have an exercise science degree. Yes. Um, definitely very rewarding, but also very challenging um, with what you actually do um, in your career. So, like, a lot of things that um, I'd like to ta ask you about is like the difficulties um, that you face with customizing workouts, not only as like an individual standpoint, because sure. each person is very different and yep. um, what they need to work on is very different. But when you're trying to make uh, a workout sport specific and mm -hmm. also team oriented, right. what kind of difficulties are you facing um, in that aspect. Right. So you have, you have this thing called the bell curve. And basically if you have 30 athletes in the gym, you want to cater to about 20 of them. And then you're going to have five that are below that standard. And then you're going to have five that are above just, you know, as a reference. So you want to cater to that general, you know, population of the gym, because that's what you have to do when you're doing group training. So you, you try to spe specify the workout based on that group. Um, more sport-specific stuff comes within the different seasons, preseason, you know, postseason, in-season, off-season. So you, you do that around there. But you may basically make the design of the workout for the, the majority of the group. Now, you will you'll can identify within the group that those five that can do a little bit more, let's, let's change a little bit for them, right? And then the ones that need to regress a couple of things, let's regress for them. You know what I mean? But you want to target the main group. And most of the time, it works out pretty well. You, you never really get a group that's like, you know, there's 25 that are above and there's only five that need to regress you know it's usually it's usually within those parameters that you do so you just have to take a look at you know the equipment that you you need you know that's going to be involved in the workout the athletes that you have what team you have um and then what season you have and then i think that you can get a pretty good idea of the program model that you want to create all right awesome mm -hmm. um what would you say is the most difficult sport 
to design a workout for? Most difficult sport? Uh, I'd say basketball because I think I think basketball players go into everything they do as a basketball player without the intention of strength and conditioning. So I believe that the – I was telling my intern this last night. I think that the guys are interested in it. But once they get in there, it's like, okay, I don't want to do this. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then the girls, I think, think of it as, you know, I, I don't even want to think about doing this. You know what I mean? So it you have to push them a little bit more. But once they're in there, I think they adapt to it well. Now, to design around a basketball player, you know, I think the uh, coach of the Phoenix Suns said it best. He goes, the best person in our weight room is not, um, you know, the best basketball player on the team. So it's it's that dynamic where, like, maybe you just won't get your best basketball players to lift and lift consistently. You know what I mean? Maybe they think that, oh, they're too sore to go out and play now or they're they're going to get too big and they're going to throw their shot off. Or, you know, it's such a technical sport. And I think that um, – I think you really don't need to be good in the weight room to be a good basketball player. Although I think any like any other sport it helps. Yeah. So I think to get their mentality right is the number one thing. But like I said, I think there are people that are interested in it, especially basketball players. But they just need to take that step to be consistent with it. You know what I mean? And then and, you know, of course, with you there, it helps them because now you can reinforce you know their their doubts or their thoughts or whatever, and you can help them along the way. But I think that might be the, the most difficult one. So this program is going into year two. Yes. Correct. Um, so you graduated in 2019. Mm -hmm. um, so was this something that you kind of pushed um, with the AD to kind of get? Because we didn't have anything beforehand. Right. So was this kind of like your idea, kind of like we should have something like this, especially in college athletics? Right, right. Yeah. So throughout my years here, uh, you know, playing sports, basketball, and football, I – I started to see a trend. Every year, we were getting trained by somebody else, you know, just as, you know, just say football. Every year was, you know, how to be a coach on the staff, and it was somebody that, you know, would come in, and we'd run lifts in the morning, and, you know, that's all fine and good, because as an athlete, you just do what people tell you to do. Now, you start to, as you start to learn, and now I'm starting to get into my major, I'm starting to see things that I didn't necessarily agree with, exercise, routines, things, and so I, I said, you know what, why don't we have one specific person or, you know, a group of people, like we have coaches, to train all athletes on campus, and I, I just didn't find that, that it was conducive to every single person on campus. Now, we're having lifts for football, three three lifts a day, you know, well, I mean, three groups a day, and we're lifting twice a week in season, we're off-season four days a week. That's great, you know, so we're getting a benefit out of it. But I don't see anybody else on campus getting a benefit out of it. And now sure. I know people previously here, you know, GAs or, or whatnot, right, they're giving, you know, advice to other athletes, which is great. You know, I mean, they're doing something. But I don't – I didn't never saw, like, a scheduled lift for each team. Why isn't each team getting in there and, and uh, lifting or, or training, um, you know, for something other than just their sport? So I said, uh, you know, that I'd really like to, you know, start something – um, even if it's as part of, you know, an internship, an extended internship where I can train, you know, many different teams. And then also, too, as a strength and conditioning coach, what I love about it is that you don't have to listen to, oh, I, you know, coach doesn't like me. I'm not playing or, oh, I'm better than this kid or I'm better than that kid. You don't have to listen to that. It's it's to me, it's an equal opportunity equalizer. You go in the gym. You don't have to be the best football player, basketball player, field hockey player. You go in there, and everyone's the same. They're at the same level. So, you know, the effort you put in is the benefit that you're rewarded with. You know what I mean? So, and I, your health. Yeah, your health. <laughs> yeah. Your health. And, you know, there's many more things about it. Like, we're not in there bodybuilding. So, we're not right. going to come out like bodybuilders. So, we're going to come out more durable, more mobile, more flexible. And then, obviously, strength, speed, and power all come into play, too. Many other things, too. But I went to the AD and said, hey, listen, 
you know, I have an opportunity for another internship at the time I already had taken two for class credit. So I said, Hey, I have one more. Why don't, you know, I start, you know, this is my plan. I came to him with a plan and he's approved everything. Hey, let's, let's do this. This is a great idea. If you can get down the scheduling and you know, you can get teams to go in there and obviously in D3, everything's voluntary basically. So, um, you know, if te- if teams are interested in that and coaches are interested, yeah, let's let's set them loose and uh, you know their free time during the day. Let's set up organized team lifts. I said, okay, let's do it. Um, come to find out, uh, Coach Holm- Holmgren had the same similar idea. You know, so he's a baseball coach. Uh, he's starting lifts with his team, scheduled organized lifts with a baseball team. So I'm like, oh, this is awesome. Let's you know, uh, the AD suggested that we work together on this. So, excellent. So. We came together, we met, we programmed, and uh, we basically came with the most general um, fitness program that you can do in, in that relates to athletics. It's not a personal training program, it's a, you know, right. uh, for athletic performance. So we came together with it, you know, we met with teams, you know, we, we had meetings, we had, you know, extended meetings if that's what they needed to ensure that this is good for their team. We brought them in and, uh, you know, they started to adapt to it right away. They loved it. So I had one class coming up, my... Uh, my second semester, my senior year, was a capstone, basically. Encompasses everything that you do or you learn for your undergrad. So I said, okay, this is a perfect opportunity to take advantage of the fact that we need a strength and conditioning coach. Not just person, a, you know, a coach, that, you know, a tennis coach. Oh, I lifted a weight in my life. Let me, you know, write programs if you need one. You know, this should be, you know, something that's implemented for all teams, you know. So I, basically what it was titled was the importance of a strength and conditioning coach in college athletics, why we need one, you know. Uh, it's a necessity to, to me. So I, I went through every aspect of strength and conditioning from all levels of athletics. And it usually comes down to money is why D3 doesn't have one. Um, you know, because most of the time you need two or three because, Correct. you know, it's a long day. You have 16 teams. One guy's not going to do 16 teams. So uh, it came down to basically the money and then um, availability and things like that. But the benefits that the athletes uh, you know, get from the strength and conditioning program are off the charts. So we looked at, um, in my, in my project there, I went to the, uh, athletic trainers and said, Hey, listen, can we break down each year what injuries are? So they gave me pie charts and all different charts of, you know, okay, these are the, the sprains, these are the strains, these are the concussions, blah, 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 all the way down the list of all the injuries. Each team has a cool thing with sports where you can, you can actually go in and check every single player that's had an injury within the last season or off season, whatever. And it's all documented there. So I said, okay, how about we take these, um, you know, this data, and then we transfer it after, you know, a full season of strength and conditioning and see where our numbers are at. So we made it through a full season last year. And now uh, Ray, the athletic trainer did bring up a good point. Now, uh, when we were taking those sportswear uh, data before, there's only two athletic trainers. So you have less eyes on what's going on. Now we have three, so you actually have better help. So maybe you can identify some more things. So the numbers may be a little bit skewed from those previous years to now. Um, but what we were looking at was, okay, after a full year of strength and conditioning, where are our sprains and our strains, which was predominantly the most yeah. injured uh, part of the you know the body, whether it be ankles, knees, whatever. So if we look at it this year and we look at it and there's 10 less sprains in football, then it's working. What we're doing is working. Also too, is not to pat anybody on the back, it's Brett or myself, but our win percentage should be going up because now we're keeping our better players on the field longer because they're more durable, right? They're less prone to injury and they can play more. So that's another injury. You know, that's another thing, right? It's happened in the NFL all over the place this year because of COVID, right? Yeah. They didn't have any preseason or a yeah. lot of, 
practice going up into oh, the season. And football is a grueling sport it, to begin with. Oh, so ab- absolutely. It's kind of because I think the 49ers had, what, three ACLs, oh, tears in one game. In the one game, in yeah. One, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then good. across the NFL, I think they had like seven ACLs that one yeah. week. Yeah, that, that week was, that was yeah. what, week three, I think? Right. Week, yeah, it was yeah, it was early. Rough, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, like, you can imagine just seeing that, like, okay, we, you know, nobody's strength and conditioning during quarantine, and they're, you know, they're famous for strength and conditioning. So, you know, it plays a role in what we do. So I think it was just uh, – we just hit the nail on the head where we need this program. So we went through it, Brett and I, and uh, I think we made a great program. Teams were on board. Um, every year at the end of our season, we do – I do a um, survey monkey, basically, asking every athlete. I send it all to all athletes. Ten questions, just get feedback on, you know, strength and conditioning. Yeah. Everything is positive. It's amazing. I was going to say, because, like, just – from like listening to them talk about it, they all the, the student athletes have enjoyed it very yeah. very much, right? And like are happy that yeah. we do have something because yeah. I know the coaches they don't always have like the most experience with that, sure. nor do they really want to spend their time doing that yeah, when yeah. recruiting and actually practice planning and game planning oh, is definitely at the top of their um, yep. agenda. But yeah, no, it's a very awesome to see that we actually yeah. have something that we can build off yeah. of and that's another point too so a coach you know if you're a soccer coach football coach basketball coach you should want to focus all your time on that like you said recruiting and everything right this is one thing that we can take away for them that they don't have to worry about you know now it's something that you know one less thing off their plate more focus for them to focus on something that they may want to focus on you know so now you, they know they're in good hands their kids are loving it the other thing too is which was awesome right and this would happen ha- happen pre my project was the feedback we're getting in the gym is you have a group of soccer girls in there. Oh, my God. Wow. I've never felt this way before. I've never been able to <laughs> lift a weight before. Oh, this is amazing. You know, and you get all these responses. And that's really where the enjoyment and excitement of the job comes is what. So, like, I don't get excited now when somebody scores a touchdown or somebody hits a three-pointer. I mean, I still do. But <laughs> it's not like the feeling when you teach somebody a single-leg RDL and they're like, oh, my God. Wow, this is amazing. Like, they just learn how to do it. And I'm, I'm more excited than them probably, you know. Oh, they, they're able to front squat correctly now. And, you know, I, I get excited over that. It's just. You know, it's just it's a good thing. We had soccer girls in the other day, um, at night in our night sessions, three of them, and they're in the the mirror, right, bicep flexing, right. <laughs> and now we're not doing any bicep curls or anything. And I'm telling my intern, you know what? Yeah, it's taking a little bit of time away from what they're doing, you know, on the board, but let them do it because they're loving it. You know, hopefully this is something they continue throughout their lives, just you know, for health and well being. You know that you know what, college athletics is going to end someday. Hopefully, strength and conditioning is not, you know, because yeah, it doesn't. If you get them going, it definitely becomes a um, habit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you you want that to be a yeah. cause it's, it's a good habit. Yeah, it's a lifestyle. Yeah, you know? you, you want to be able to stay healthy and because like the more you do for your body, the happier you are. Yes. Um, just chemically, like in your oh, yeah. brain, endorphins and stuff like that, it's produced through doing yeah. that stuff. So, uh, definitely keeps you happy and healthy. Sure. Um. So I. You answered my uh, next question, which was how rewarding is it, obviously. Oh, it's the best job um, in the world. Yeah. We don't sit in a cubicle. You know, we li- we're in a gym from sunrise to sunset. You know, I, t- I tell people at one time, right, when, you know, COVID wasn't a thing, I was in there, right? If we didn't have windows in the gym, I wouldn't have known if it was, you know, dark or light out because basically we go in there in the dark and leave in the dark. Right. And it's just like long days, but it's it's the best job in the world. Yeah. 
Well, now that you mentioned it, but how has um, COVID kind of affected your normal training sessions? Oh, it's totally changed it. Yeah. Yes. Now it hasn't <laughs> hasn't affected it in the, in the sense where we we're shut down. You know, so right. we're still able to do sessions. Obviously, things are modified, right? So we're not we can't have more than ten in the the weight room, which is obviously a detriment because you know we need to lift weights. We need resistance on the bones and the muscles and ligaments. Yep. But we, we do have alternatives, bodyweight stuff. You know, we can work out as teams in, in Fuller in the basketball court or on the field, which we have been doing with teams. Um, and I, I think that anything that we can do in this time is is beneficial, right? I mean, it's Correct. more yep. beneficial than eating chips on the couch playing video games, yeah. you know? <laughs> and I, I just – I really don't feel bad for anybody because of COVID except for the senior athletes that missed their season, you know, now yeah. that they move on. Because everybody else, guess what? This is time to train, right? We're not playing games right now, so why not? And they're still practicing, so you're able to yeah. improve your skills yes. either way. Right, so, they're yeah, they're improving skills. They're practicing their sport. And, you know, there's time, you know, whether it be, you know, not with me on campus during, like, the student hours to go in the gym where they can lift. They train in the morning, right, or they train at night. So they have options. This is the best time to, you know, work on your craft and basically take these last eight months and, propel yourself into the next time that we have a season you know so it yeah it messes up a lot of things but it also everybody it's everybody's going through it you know what i mean so right, absolutely every yep. strength coach in the, in the world right now is was scratching their head eight months ago like what are we gonna do but everybody has to adapt so i've had to adapt you know the people i work for have to adapt and it's just it, it's a it's a full cycle so it's not like we're singled out we're the only ones going through it so Correct. yeah you know yeah, I just I feel bad for the even the like the seniors for like the fall yeah. also like they're not getting there. Yeah, they're not getting their season. Senior yeah. season. That's a that's a huge thing. But I mean, life goes on. The, what I, what I tell them, right, just as a word of advice, if that's the worst thing that happens to them in life, they're gonna have a good life. Yeah, you know, yeah, absolutely. Right. So if they look at it that way and they have a positive outlook on it, then hey, they're gonna have a great life. You know, that's not not the the end all be all. But yeah, I understand if I was a senior athlete and I was going through that and I didn't have my graduation, you know, it, it would take effect. But like I said, that's the only thing, then, hey, you know, keep moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, thank you very much. That's all the questions I had for you. All right. Uh, is there anything you want to add? Yeah, well, I'd like to just add that uh, we have a, a Twitter, an Instagram, and a YouTube page. And you can find the YouTube page in the Strength and Conditioning tab um, on the website under Inside Athletics, I believe the tab is. Uh, it takes you directly to the YouTube page. We've got some body weight stuff on there people can take a look at. It. I think about 10 videos. Um, like to uh, update that some more, you know, just with COVID and the times, it's just tough. Uh, the Instagram and YouTube page, I mean, the Instagram and Twitter page are at GoAMCSC. Uh, we have a good following on there, and it's only been around for about a year. So uh, I like to get some more people on there. People are joining that every day, so it's, it's good stuff. Um, a lot of good stuff. Yeah, a lot of good things going on. And i just like to say something quick about the campus is that when I came here in 2015, right, this is how I envisioned it being. So currently what we're on campus now everything from like the updates in Fuller to the updates in the CAF and everything that's going on around the campus and the buzz is what I saw in 2015. And now when I came in 2015, there wasn't much going on, to be honest. But right. you, if you come in as a visionary and you say, wow, what this campus could be, you know, this is why I stuck around so long as I literally love to be here. So um, I think that, you know, that anybody coming in should have an open outlook like I had in 2015 and, you know, expect, hey, in 2025, this is what it could be, you know, and I think it's well on its way. And I think we have the coaching staffs that, that are, you know, backing it. And I think that we have the, the right people in place to do that. So, uh, you know, I just commend everybody that I work with. I have the best job in the world, like I said. Um, yeah, I'd just like to thank you and, uh, you know, for having me be, be here. And uh, I like what you're doing with this. I think it's great. And uh, I watched, I listened to the, the last few um, podcasts. I loved it. So I think it's a good thing going forward. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. Thank you.
All right. That's all the time we have for today. I appreciate Bailey taking his time out of his busy day to come and chat with me. I also appreciate all the listeners of the new AMCAP podcast. I will be back next week with Lindsay Garvey, the head women's soccer coach. And I hope everyone has a great weekend.